Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. We are now into the second year of the Trump administration, and the last year has been filled with ups and downs, important victories, successful holding campaigns, and painful defeats. We've learned a lot, but there's always more to learn and more to be done. In this now weekly series, we talk with organizers, agitators, and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host. Yeah, my name is Noah Carvelis. I'm a kindergarten through eighth grade music teacher in Phoenix, and I'm also one of the organizers with Arizona Educators United. Let me see. We're talking on Monday. The strike deadline is for Thursday, right? Uh-huh. That's and correct. Let's go back a little bit. Tell me about the beginning of the movement that has led to this strike vote. So this all really started from just one day wearing red shirts on the same day and that was march 7th so we started there and we realized that there was just a, a ton of energy surrounding this among the, the education community and the community at large too here in phoenix and all across the state so what we ultimately did was we decided that we needed to that we needed to get together and and continue moving this forward and now this is where we are um how many weeks now six or seven weeks after mm-hmm. tell us about the issues in Arizona. I mean, we, we're sort of familiar with the underfunding of public schools writ large, but what are the specifics in Arizona that people are really um, upset about? Some of the biggest things are we, we've had just massive cuts to education, billion-dollar cuts to education that have continued on for years and years, about 10 years now. So that's one of the most frustrating things that affect all aspects of our schools. So a lot of our kids here in Arizona don't have textbooks that mm-hmm. they need to be successful. They, they stop at presidents like George W. Bush, for example, and they don't have working desks. And a lot of the classes don't have paper towels and just the bare necessities that you need for a classroom. So yeah. what's happening is we have an entire generation of Arizona citizens who haven't been given a chance at academic success. It's been thrown away by the state, any chance that they had at academic success, which is incredibly maddening, especially as an educator. And so, what, what happens in addition to that is educators are working in not really just bad, bad situations. And then on top of that, they're getting underpaid. Uh-huh. So we have the worst pay in the nation for elementary school teachers, and we have the second worst pay in the nation for high school teachers. And what, what we really have is just an education crisis because our, our students don't have the resources that they need to be successful. Our yeah. teachers don't have the resources they need to be successful or to even stay in the job. Right. And our public school infrastructure is crumbling on top of it and we're hemorrhaging teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's been really interesting about these these various teacher movements has been the statewide nature of it. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about sort of organizing across the state of Arizona and trying to bring, you know, it's a pretty spread out state. So yeah. what are some of the, yeah, the you know, the challenges and the, the things that have worked out surprisingly well about that whole process? You know, one of the things that's worked out surprisingly well is that um, we, we have social media, which right. really keeps us in the loop, and it's a powerful, powerful organizing tool, especially on a large scale like this. On a big state, a lot of the state is rural. Um, a lot of the state is Native American reservation. So mm-hmm. having those those resources to be able to get in touch with people all across the state has proved to be vital. And that's really helped us stay in the loop and keep people involved. And everybody across the state is really, they're, they're fed up with this situation. So they're ready to go as soon as you get them plugged in for the most part. And so once we've been able to contact them and bring them in, we've been successful. So 
it's uh, it's been challenging at times, but as the movement's grown, it's really been a successful thing. Yeah. And so Arizona Educators United, tell me about that. What? How long has that been an organization? Um, how did that get started? It's um, it's really not a not an organization. Yeah. It's become an organization now, but in truth, it's, it's a Facebook group, and that started yeah. around the start of March, the first couple of days of March. Yeah, and it, it was started by myself and a couple other educators who said we we got to get organized. We got to figure out what we're doing here and how we're going to make a change. Yeah, and somebody needs to bring that change. Let's start a group and let's see what happens. And, yeah. and now here we are. Yeah, and what has the relationship been between the Facebook page and the existing unions? Uh, it's been fantastic. They've really, the unions really let the Facebook page, Arizona Educators United and the leaders there stay out in front on this thing and keep driving it forward. And I think that's been the power of this, that uh-huh. it's a, a grassroots educator-led movement. And the union has been incredibly respectful of that. And they, they realize that there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And they let us stay in that spot. But while we do that, they're offering us a ton, I mean, decades and decades of resources and insight and infrastructure, anything we really need, they lend to us, and they let us stay at the at the forefront of the decisions and the charge here, mm-hmm. and it's proven to be a really powerful partnership, especially yeah. in a right-to-work state. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and Arizona, besides just being a right-to-work state, has had some attacks on public sector unions in recent years as well. Yeah. It's been... It's been an interesting uh, late winter and early spring, I guess, for teachers. Um, so what was it like sort of watching things start to heat up in West Virginia and then being part of this as it spread across the country? Oh, it's incredibly empowering to see that, see what happened in West Virginia, especially with the results. I mean, they stood together, they stood in solidarity, and they brought the change that they needed. And that's incredibly powerful to see. And I think every teacher around the, the nation looked up and looked at their classroom and said, hey, that could be us. Why can't it be us right now? We, we deserve better as well. Mm-hmm. That's what happened in Arizona, and it's been incredible to be involved in that, even in a small way. It's an incredible, incredible thing that's happened across this state, and, and as you mentioned, across this nation. It really is a nationwide movement now, and so it, it's been empowering to be a part of that and to see that you, there really is power in, in the people. The governor of Arizona has already made noises about finally getting teachers a raise, but you took mm-hmm. the strike vote anyway. So tell us about both what you heard from the governor and why, you know, continue to, to consider a strike. Yeah, well, first of all, the governor hasn't passed anything. This isn't right. legislation. It's basically um, just a flyer with some goals on it right now. That's what he's put forth. <laughs> um, so that that's beyond the consideration of what what's actually in the proposal. And what's in the proposal is problematic as well. So there's no sustainable funding source. So we're really looking at a one-time thing here, and we're beyond Band-Aid pictures like that. We're in a state of crisis. We're hemorrhaging teachers. We don't have proper infrastructure. We don't have proper resources. We can't just have a one-time 9% raise. That yeah. that doesn't fix the problem. So it doesn't do enough for our kids college, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And on top of it, without that funding that revenue source, we can't continually bring money into our system. So that's a huge problem for us. And the raises that people propose, they don't they don't touch our demand of twenty percent. He says that they'll get there, but again, without those sustainable funding sources, yeah. it's a it's an extra promise. Yeah. And there's nothing in it for our for our students. It's not going to increase 
remove the needle and I pulled people funding. So it doesn't do enough for our kids and it doesn't have a sustainable funding source. Right now it's just words on paper. There's no legislation. So yeah. we pursued it and we, we continue to escalate our actions because we need to change. Yeah. And so talk about what a sustainable funding source would be. Yeah. So you can look at other states that have, have done similar things here. Um, there have been sales tax, income tax, all sorts of different things have been proposed. I personally have issues with sales tax because it's a, a regressive tax and mm-hmm. it, it disproportionately affects the communities we're fighting for, like working class folks, like teachers and our students and a lot of our families. Um, so I do have some issues personally with that, but um, it's certainly better than a one-time you know, raise, which he's proposed right now, and, and nothing's sustainable. So we can look at the example of other states, and one thing that makes a lot of sense to me personally is being tough tax, where we have corporations and, and millionaires pay their fair share. Yeah, yeah. What else should people know about what's going on in Arizona, both as part of the nationwide movement and what's specific to Arizona? They should they should know that one of the biggest things here in each state that's been involved in these sorts of um, battles has had certain things that really define what they're doing. And I think two things really define our battle. And it's, it's the relationship with the union, and it's been incredibly powerful, and it's been incredibly productive to have educators stay at the front and be assisted with the union. We, we touched on that. Yeah. And the other piece that I think is really important is that our students are at the forefront of it. So yeah. A 20% raise gets a lot of um, eyes open. It gets a lot of focus. But that, that's not what we're really fighting for. We're fighting for our students. And that's one of the reasons why we rejected this proposal. It doesn't do enough for our students and it doesn't do enough for our colleagues who are left out of those races. And that's one of the big things that's unique to Arizona. Is it's the, the student focus and the focus on the entire school. So it's not just classroom teachers, but we need to see raises for bus drivers. We need to see raises for the cafeteria staff. We need to see raises for the people who are working in the front office. All across the board, these people are incredibly underpaid in Arizona, and they, they deserve a voice as well. Excellent. And how can people keep up with you and uh, with the strike? Uh, they can keep up with us on ArizonaEducatorsUnited.com and get all your info right there. You can follow me personally on Twitter. It's capital N and then lowercase O-A-H, Noah underscore Carvelis, then with the capital K and then lowercase A-R, as in Victor, E-L-I-S. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.